What tabletop RPGer doesn't love dice? I do, and I'm sure you do too. So if you are looking to begin a dice collection, or let's be honest, add to yours, check out Dice Envy. Go through the link in our show notes and you will be able to find many, many sets of beautiful dice of all different kinds and sizes. When you use the link in our show notes to go to the Dice Envy site, not only will you be able to shop their entire collection and catalog of various dice sets, but you will also help support this show because a small portion comes our way, which we will then immediately roll back into making this show better for you. So check them out, diceenvy.com, or better still, go to them through the link in our show notes. Hey stackers, do you feel like your games are bland and lacking in atmosphere? Well, fear not, because if you go to BattleBards.com, you can access a whole host of sound effects and background music that can really spice up your games. BattleBards.com offers a Prime subscription, and if you use our stack code STACK, you can get a 20% discount on this subscription. If you are a Prime member, you have access to a soundboard and editing tools, and the ability to stream sounds. This can be useful for adding like a dragon's roar to a final boss encounter or maybe some ambient tavern music for when your players are at the local inn taking a rest. Check it out at BattleBards.com. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Bardalon. Previously on Stack of Dice. In moments, the scene of havoc has mostly ended, although in the occasional light of the flashing lightning you can see where the writhing wounded at the site of the infantry battle look for aid from the victorious Witani. Tira's looking down at Peter with the cloak that he handed over just sort of draped over her two hands. The axe is kind of lying in the mud. I'm gripping the book and just staring at it. I don't want to look at Peter. We can't go on without Peter. No, I'm sure something can be done. Peter's come back before. We just have to take him somewhere. He Take him where? Tira, you're still standing there. You're maybe a, a double arm's length away from the black-clad body of Shumash on the ground. And from behind you, you hear Tira. I sort of stiffen. Are you all right? Do I recognize the voice? You do. It's the voice of Radiance. I I know exactly how you feel right now. Tira's going to throw her hands off of her shoulders and back up, and she's going to raise both the hammer and the axe, and with her teeth, you don't know a thing! I need to get some emotion out, so I am just going to just take off running and run as fast as I can for as long as I can. So what is the exact state of pork meat? Fried at this point? When you left, yeah, there was smoke billowing out. It looked like a couple of, it looked like a lot of the exterior metal had been slagged by the electricity coursing through Does it. Does it seem like any of pork meat can be salvageable? In other words, if we run into Simmeries again, do you, will Simmeries be able to fix him? Farron, you are standing 
at the site of the large infantry battle, you were in the thick of it. As one of the veteran captains of the Witani army, your skill, your experience, your aptitude with a blade was very helpful, and you were the reason that the inner circle of the Witani army did not falter. And you have been working like this for some time when suddenly there's a cry from behind you and a sound like something small moving. A very large firefly, which is unusual for this time of year, begins to flit around your head. My first reaction when I notice it is to swing at it to hit it out of the way, but I notice that it's, uh, it's not an insect, it's not a creature coming at me, it's something else, and so I stop mid-swing. And a voice whispers indistinctly in your head, but you feel almost as though a door inside you has suddenly creaked open. Radiance. Tira, it's good to see you. I, I have uh, Peter here, and they've been they've been taking care of him. It'll be okay. In a day, uh, Peter will be back. He'll he'll be back. So uh, we just need to keep him here, and um, we'll we'll put some guards next to him and just keep him safe or whatever. And you'll see, everything will be right, fine, just just like Bash. it did before. Bash. I'm gonna walk out. I'm actually gonna go find something to eat. I don't want <laughs> I don't want to hear this. Hello, stackers. Welcome back to another episode of Stack of Dice. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at stackodice or contact us through email at stack.o.dice at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. We love to know what you think of the game. And certainly, we're always looking for more reviews and ratings on iTunes. If you have a moment, please do drop in there and let the world know what you think about our show. We want to thank you for joining us around the table as we continue our ongoing 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure. I'm Rhett, the DM, and with me is... Meredith as Tira Ironstag. Michael as Womberbash Benson Mum. Catherine as Farron. Womberbash, the rain is slackening, as we mentioned at the end of the last episode. You're out there in it. Uh, you are heading for food. And there is the smell of campfires, of meat roasting. Yes. There is. People got to eat, and they, so. they've been busy. Uh, so a likely campfire is ahead and to your right. What do you want to do? I'm going to sit down and just look at the meat, and the moment it comes off the spit, I'm, I'm going to start to spit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so as you crowd into the firelight, the warriors there recognize who you are immediately and begin to shift aside. There's low voices. There's respectful words that are shared. In the way of warriors, they, they just fall quiet very quickly, uh, realizing that this is the cost of battle, and you find yourself with a plate of meat. And I am tearing it up. Tira, you are left. Uh, did you leave the tent after him? I did. I followed okay. him out there and, yeah. and tried to reason with him. So you see him push into the circle of firelight and sit down very quickly, and already his cheeks are bulging. Tira just going to kind of <sighs> shake her head. And decide this is not the time to try and talk to him anymore. I don't even really know what to say. He seems, see, to me now, he's seeming very irrational. Hmm. Um, so I just kind of sigh, shake my head. Although there's precedent. I could hit you on the head with a pot. <laughs> <laughs> precedent for what? That's true. What do you mean? 
In other words, he did come back. Like, I, it might seem irrational, but technically, I yeah. am following precedent. But anyway. Yeah, you're right. I suppose. I guess uh, Tira's thinking more, this was more like a, this was a battle death. The last time Peter was, you know, like, we didn't know, we came up on him and he was just kind of like, kneeling at an altar and shaking we're like what in the world and then he just fell over on his face and died and we're like wait what it was just kind of a crazy freak death whereas this is like the way death is supposed to go in a kind of a warrior mm. mindset you know i mean he was just like he was just beaten in battle and so that's why she was like this is not like that time yeah and, so you uh, both have valid points yeah and yeah. we'll just see how it plays out yeah okay anyway so like i said just kind of sigh shake her head i'm just gonna kind of i don't know is radiance near me still no she stayed in the tent oh that's that's right yeah she's right. attending I, to peter right it was before i followed bash out of the tent that i said hey radiance talk to him got it yeah all right um throughout this basically what is you're gonna hopefully see with tira is whenever she's in the middle of a conversation with somebody you know a little bit of kind of fire and determination but then once there's nothing to do i'm just gonna kind of stand there yeah so yeah, now that the f- kind of trying to reason and argue with Bash and the irritation of him not getting it is over, uh, and she's just going to sort of shake her head until the fog sets back in, and it's going to kind of stand there irresolute and not know what to do next. Okay. Farron, the work out in the field is well in hand. It seems to be pretty well under control. Uh, what would you like to do? Like I said, your soldiers... The soldiers under your command are, they know their orders. You're basically free to do so, whatever. I mean, at this point, though, there's still the stone. The stone is still circling you, yes. I think at this point, my two most trusted warriors are like, we need to figure out what's going on with you. So I think we head back to talk to the leader lady. Okay. The Marchioness. The Marchioness. Okay. All right. So you make your way, you select your two warriors and they follow you and uh, you splash across the field after leaving orders uh, for somebody from the work detail to report to you once their job is done and make your way into the camp. You find the Marchioness pretty quickly. Um, She is outside of a tent that has a thick crowd of soldiers standing there. As she sees you approach, she says, Ah, Farron, what news? Uh, Farron? What is that? (laughs) I'm sorry, because I was like, ah, so don't you see this? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She was distracted at first. Uh, She wasn't looking at me at first when she started speaking to me. Right. As the stone swings around your head, she's, she's taken aback visibly. What is that? I don't know, but... It just came at me and started circling me, and I feel different after Are you okay? I am fine. I feel good. I feel enlightened, but it's weird. It's strange. I don't don't know what's happening to me. Has anything like this ever happened before? Not that I've seen, but that stone looks oddly like... Hmm. Have you met... The heroes who came to our aid? No. Well, one of them lies in this tent. But his friends, who are still alive, I will see if I can take you to them. Perhaps they will know more. 
She quietly commands one of her aides to find Wamberbash and Tyr. You hear these names, and they're certainly not names unfamiliar to you. In the days leading up to the battle, they were certainly part of the training and the preparation for the battle, and you heard Peter's speech and so forth. So you know their names, no doubt, but you haven't yet had a chance to be in the same place as them. You've kind of been curious to know more, but this is your first real opportunity. And you've, of course, prior to the battle, you were also very busy with preparations and training and so forth. So yeah, no doubt. Uh, but after a moment, one of the aides comes trotting back and says, uh, he's over here. I have found Wamberbash. He is at a fire. Follow me, if you will. Of course. After a moment, you come to the campfire. You see a man with uh, a plate full of meat and bulging cheeks. And he is, uh, he is very quietly eating. And the other soldiers are just kind of staring into the flames and eating as well, but trying to make sense of the day that has just passed. Wamberbash, you become aware of a presence. There's a hand on your shoulder and, and one of the Marchioness's aides uh, says, I have someone here who would like to speak with you, sir. Hmm? Yes. That's Peterstone. Where did you get that? Before we get to your response, Catherine, can you describe Farron to us so that we have a clear picture of what she looks like? <laughs> can you describe it to yourself so you have a clear picture? <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, I have forgotten wh- how you describe the the Watani people. So I'm gathering that my my appearance has to match that so, description. Yeah. Basically, the Watani are somewhat closely based on the Anglo-Saxons. Uh, and if you and Tolkien based his Rohirrim from you know, the, the horse people on the Anglo-Saxons also. So Somewhat tall, blonde hair, a lot of blonde hair, a lot of blue eyes, that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, so when you think of ancient Anglo-Saxon warrior, which I know you do all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that kind of picture. So I'm never, ever a blonde character. <laughs> so weird. You don't have to be blonde. I mean, if you go to Wales, you're going to see people with a lot of dark hair. I'm just going to say that it's light brown. Okay. Light that brown. works. Farron is a very seasoned warrior, and so at this point, I mean, I'm I'm donning all my my gear. Sure, you, my, you, my you've weapons. been in battle, absolutely them. right. She is tall, um, slender but strong, sturdy frame. She has long, light brown hair, but it's uh, I mean, it's all it's kind of a wreck at this point. But she does braid it. She braided it and pulled it back so for it's, battle. It's kind of yeah. long. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She has blue eyes. She is wearing, um, you know, her leather armor that is. I don't want to say bejeweled, but uh, <laughs> bedazzled. <laughs> yes. But um, her mother made her armor for her, um, and she's a very her mother's a very skilled craftsman and a craftswoman, and uh, put some nice jewel work in there. Nice. Okay. Um, so she in, stands out. Any other distinguishing features? Does she have any certain scars or beard? Anything like that. <laughs> Um, so she does have some battle scars. Any fresh ones from the new, from the recent battle? So she is cut in some places, but I, she did fare well okay, during good. the battle. 
Okay, so that's what you see, Womber Bash, uh, in addition to the stone circling around her head. Um, I think Bash is ignoring completely what she looks like, though, because he's recognized the stone. Absolutely. Uh, by the shape. I think all of our stones are, are, have a different shape, and I just recognize that as being a shape, although it's a different color. Well, it still has the turquoise in the center, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's different. Yeah, so the first thing you notice is the stone circling her head, and then the realization, hey, that's Peter's stone and color, but your third realization is it's different. Yeah, so again, where did you where did you get Peter's stone? I, 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 didn't, I don't know. Is this Peter's stone? It looks just like his stone. I, I haven't even met Peter. I've heard of him. Where did you get it? It just came to me. I, I don't know what it is. And I, I, I was just trying to find out if you could give me any information about it. We need to talk to Tira. Where's, I, where's, does anybody know where Tira is? Tira, you can hear his voice raised. All right, so she's standing where he left her to go to the fire, and then I hear his voice and my name. Uh, so that, again, same thing, like eyes sort of come into focus all of a sudden from wherever I was staring, and I, so I turn my head in his direction. So when I look over there, can I see her? Yeah. All right. She is silhouetted by the fire. Womberbash is in the firelight. She's standing at the edge of the circle, and then there's that soft turquoise purple mm-hmm. glow as it's circling around her head. All right. So I, that's the first thing I noticed, too. Even though she's silhouetted, the, I guess the glow of the stone, I can see the colors. It's yes. just not black against the fire. Right. Okay. It's outshining the firelight. Gotcha. All right. So that definitely catches my attention. And so I, with my eyes fixed on it, just start heading that way slowly at first and then picking up speed until I get there. Okay. You enter the firelight. Do you push past Farron or do you... Um, How do you approach this? Is Bash on the other side of her from me? Yes. All right, so I'm going to, we're going to have her between us then. Okay. I'm going to stop short of her so that I'm looking around her at Bash, almost like a triangle, I guess. I can see him without having to be like, (laughs) without leaning to the side, sorry. (laughs) Womber Bash, you see Tira appear from the darkness. Tira, this lady has Peter Stone. What is going on here? Where is Peter? He's in the tent over there. Well, can we talk to Peter? You can't now. Maybe in a day or so. Bash. No, you can't talk to Peter. Where did you get that? Did something happen to Peter? I asked you a question. The stone. This this the stone came to me. I'm okay. scaring she's her. Like, she's like. <laughs> I'm like. I don't appreciate your and funky so tone. I draw actually, my bow. Oh, sh- now it's over. Time to throw it down. You want to go over a friend? Let's go. <laughs> so Stack of Dice has become a one-player game. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, the stone came to me. What do you mean it came to you? It came to me. And it stopped <laughs> at me. I, there's a, I, I can't explain it. I don't know why. Can, can you help me understand That's Peter's. what this is? It gave him his power. What are you doing with it? I just told you that it came to me. If there, know, right? if there is any way that we can talk to Peter about this. You can't talk to Peter. He died. On one of the revolutions, the stone almost as a figure eight. It passes around your head now just once. And it goes back to circling Farron's head. 
But in that moment, you felt almost like a, a gentle sigh, almost like Peter had put his hand on you. You're left with something of a feeling of peace. What just happened? How did you do that? I don't know, but I am sorry for your loss. Tears just going to look up into her eyes for a long minute without blinking. Peter's going to need it back. No, Bash, he's not. <sighs> Bash sits down and starts eating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a binge eater. <laughs> What's your name? Farron. I'm Tira. I've heard a lot about you. Thank you so much. I'm well with Bash. He's fine. All of a sudden, he's like, hey, what's up, ladies? I'm Wumberbash. You're kind of cute. <laughs> I'm going to walk over to where Bash is. Is there a room next to him, like for me to sit where he's sitting? Or is he just sitting on the floor? Or you can squeeze in next to him. Okay. He's sitting on the ground. Well, it's like a little piece of wood he or something. He's going to like logs and yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's like a little camp stool. There's not a whole lot of wood out here in the plains. Oh, yeah. So they, wow. they uh, improvise. Okay. I'm just going to walk over to where Bash is sitting. And I'm going to sit down by him and wait for him to finish. Because I know how he is when he's eating and there's, this is not a time to discuss. Yeah. Do I know that they have stones? Um, I mean, I know they came with airships and yeah. all kinds of things that I have not experienced. Mm -hmm. You've heard stories word has gotten around and it's hard to separate truth from fiction at this point because they came in larger than life as you said they came in on <laughs> We're an airship legends. Yeah. and uh so it was difficult to kind of parse through and maybe you're still undecided this stone has helped you to maybe lean in the direction of believing those tales maybe that's a question for them i've heard things about people having abilities and you coming in here with your abilities and your your airship and the stories of the battles that you've already fought and have prevailed makes me wonder if perhaps this feeling of enlightenment that this stone has brought upon me has something to do with that. You, you hear any music? Yes, there is a current of music that weaves around your thoughts. It almost seems to playfully dodge you. So when you when you think you hear snatches of music and you try and concentrate on it, it stops. Or if if you're not paying attention, it picks back up again. So it's it's maddening at this point, although you're you're so focused on your curiosity at the moment that you haven't had a chance to really think about it much. Uh, but yes, there is a, a gentle, harmonious sound in your mind. I do hear music. It's kind of weird that you said it's gentle and harmonious, but it's also maddening. So that's, yeah. that's it's, it's maddening. Yeah, it's maddening in that you have not experienced anything like this before. And it's it's your inability to reach out and grab it or to focus on it that is irritating. Not Not so much the music okay. itself. Okay. There is music, yes. I, I can't seem to to know exactly what tune it is, but yes, there is something I, I hear. I don't is this from from the stone? Mm -hmm. Yep. 
that's the way it was for me too when i first got my stone uh i started hearing music and it was only after that that i was able to do things i couldn't do before like what well, i can i can turn into a pig <laughs> <laughs> You can turn into a pig? I can turn into lots of things. It's what allowed him to turn into a giant earlier. Yeah. You Would did, I have seen that? You did see that. It was, again... It was hard to miss. <laughs> it was hard to miss, but with the raging battle around you, you weren't able to, to really focus on it. Would I know it was him, or could I just see something? He, could he I looked, say, like, was that you? He or? looked the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. he looked the same. But again, in the midst of battle and happening in a different part of the battle. Again, you, you were forming a giant circle in the middle, and so you maybe it was going on behind you. But you, at the time, thought that it was a trick of the light, the lightning flashing. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was your, your reasonable mind came up with excuses for what you actually saw. Yeah, so when she says he can turn into a giant, suddenly that clicks into your head. Wait, that was you? Yeah. I thought that was a tree coming down in the lightning. Tira's mom is a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) For real. Dash has no game. (laughs) I eat food. I'm overwhelmed. Peter can, when he got his stone, he can heal. He can heal uh, people, and he's pretty strong. So the stone gave him powers to heal people? Yes. Yes, it did. So will this stone give me powers? I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, my powers are different from Peter's, and, and so I, it's possible. My stone doesn't necessarily give me powers the same way it gave them to Peter and Bash. Not in that way. It's hard to tell what its effect on you is going to be. How has the stone affected you? So I'm going to, I guess, pull it out. I forget where I keep it, like in my pocket or something. I don't even really know. On your hip. Yeah. In a little holster. (laughs) A little clamshell holster on the side, like for my cell phone. Yeah, so I'm just going to, I guess, reach into my pocket. or I had to have it on me during the battle and just kind of bring it out. And it has a topaz glow to it. Really, the main thing that this stone is given to me is when I'm when I'm in battle, when I'm in combat with somebody or something, my mother will come out as a protector. What do you mean? Well, not my actual mother. She died some time ago. But she sort of is still protecting me from harm. Even now. So these stories that you're telling me, they sound too unbelievable. But for some reason, I believe you. And it seems right somehow. I, I don't under I don't understand it. Can I see can I see your stone? I mean I can hold it out, I suppose, but I mean does Tira know that when you try and hold them together, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm gonna hold it out for you to see, but then uh, tell her, you probably shouldn't touch it. Now, th- Now that you have that stone, if you are in contact with anyone else's, 
they they just they don't you'll get sick yeah it will it won't be good and bash knows this intimately yes (laughs) 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 you can't combine them we've tried we've tried on a couple of different occasions and the result was never what we were looking for it's a lot to take in still sitting down by bash I'm just going to turn to him and say, Bash, listen to me. I think this stone is hers now. And if it is, that has to mean that Peter is gone. No, I I have another stone. I can give it to him. No, it won't work that way. You know it doesn't. But he came back last time. This isn't the same. Before it was, it was actually done by his goddess. There was a purpose behind it. Peter was just killed in battle. That's what happens. It's not the same. He can't be dead. I don't want it to be true any more than you do. But I think it is. The moment lapses into silence and the party gathered around the campfire slowly drifts apart as weary warriors seek rest for the night. You each find your own place, wrapped up in your own thoughts. Farron, as you prepare to lie down for the night, you notice that your stone dims and goes into night mode. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. No power uh, mode. And kind of settles into... I don't know. You tell me. Where would you like it to go when it's when you're sleeping? Uh, maybe it rests in my braids. Okay, nice. And so, uh, yeah, that happens as you prepare yourself to lie down. And again, there's a comforting feeling as you lie down, as though somebody is watching over you. Somebody is keeping guard over you while you sleep. You wake in the next morning. The storm has completely blown away. The last shreds of dark clouds have disappeared, leaving a gloriously brilliant dawn. Each of you awakens with some sense of optimism, perhaps, before memories of what you have been through crash in on you. I I get up and I immediately walk over to the tent. And I, and I, I just peer in, just look to look at Peter to see if he's awake or stirring. He still lies in repose. Radiance is seated on a a crate, and her head is down on her knees where she has fallen asleep. Radiance. Oh, ah. Ah, she sits up stiffly. Yes, Lomber Peter's not back yet? No, Bash. He is not. Okay, let me know as soon as he comes back, please. A... Pained look crosses her face, but she nods. Tira, Farron, anything you want to do? By the way, after that, I'm going to walk over to try to find where they uh, brought the pieces of pork meat together, and I'm going to try to inventory them, I guess, and make sure that all the pieces are there. The party that you sent to go fetch pork meat toiled through the night (laughs) to bring it back. Uh, It was a fairly heavy piece of machinery. And so with the help of horses and so forth, after several hours of work, they managed to drive. There's this 
gash in the grass where mud has been <laughs> turned up as they dragged yeah. it up. It lies there. The remnants of pork meat, the second lie there. Um, they've managed to stand him up, but again, he's very stiff legged. His head is up straight. Uh, it doesn't look natural like, like it did when he was functional. And where is a Simris again? He left you with the airship and he went because he had more work to do on developing the new model of oh, okay. the airship. Okay. okay. So he's off at one of his many workshops. I'm going to have to get this into the airship at some point. Okay. Okay. Tira, Farron, anything you want to do this morning? Uh, so when Tira wakes up uh, and just kind of, you know, the thing where you lay awake for a minute with your eyes closed, but you're awake, but your eyes are still closed and you don't want to move yet. Hoping maybe I'll, when I open my eyes, things will look different than I remember when I closed them. And then she opens them and I guess is looking just up at the canvas ceiling of a tent. Yep. I assume. Um, and the only thing that's different really is there's light filtering through it instead of the sound of raindrops bouncing off of it. And then uh, she's going to kind of feel up and realize that her braids have all... Remember, because she had cut off that one braid. That's so right. Th this top and middle is is, is all muddy and disheveled. So she's going to look for a way to clean that up and redo her braids. Okay. You spend a little time on your personal appearance. Farron, anything you want to do? So when I wake up in the morning, I realize... In all of this strangeness that's occurred in the course of last night's conversation, I uh, did not check in with my regiment. So I first gather my things together, get myself together, and I go and check on them just to make sure that everything that they needed, they had, they got, um, that they're good to go and to kind of assess the situation with my regiment. Okay. The day passes. No word from Radiance comes to you, Wamberbash. Stories are flowing freely. Stories of things that the soldiers witnessed out in the battle. And somehow, some of the stories that you experienced but don't really remember telling anyone about have started to surface. And stories of boots being thrown overboard and all these other interesting things that somehow they have found out, whether it's through external sources or whatever, they, they are finding out these things and you're finding little snatches of your history being replayed. It's very surreal for you to hear yourselves being spoken of amongst people that you've never met before. Farron, you're certainly hearing some of these. And with each one, you're left wondering, who are these people? And why are they, why are they here? What are they doing? <laughs> What gave them these powers? So you have some insight, but certainly there's this question mark hanging over all of it. Before you know it, it is evening. I'm going to um, try to... I want to talk to Marchioness and say, what, what, what happened to the, the, the army the, the, after we defeated them? Um, I'm, I'm sure we didn't kill every single last one of them. So did they retreat? Where did they go? I want to find out what, what the situation is after the battle. I have been sending scouts, and a steady stream of reports have been filtering back to me throughout the day. The army, the remnants of it, did flee to the east in the direction from which they came. What we have found is disturbing. The survivors were ripped to shreds. 
I I do not know what to make of it, except perhaps it was our kin, the Wolf Witani, who ambushed them, picked them off piece by piece. The the injuries are just horrific. Where do we go from here, Tira? <sighs> I don't remember. <laughs> Where's Peter? Yeah, yeah. Again, remembering that Bash and Tira, that you were in the process of Finding the crystal pillars. Finding the pillars and reascending them. Mm-hmm. We've only managed one so far. One, yeah. Now so are there eight? There are a total of eight. So why don't you start there? Yeah. Well, before all of this, before meeting the Witani, we were supposed we we were looking for the pillars. Oh yes, yes, we got out the we, dark and light pillars, and We've we were only, heading to the closer one. I think so. It all, it seems like a hundred years ago now. (laughs) Doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we should probably start to get to go. I mean, any, any day now, Peter will wake up. We'll, we'll have to be ready to go. So maybe I'll get some supplies for the airship. Okay. You take care of that for me, Bash. The airship has been brought back into the perimeter of the camp and a lot of the camp has been breaking down as people realize that the immediate danger is over, the army has been defeated, and as the reports indicate, completely destroyed. There's obviously no reason to retain the army anymore. They need to get back to their jobs, their their work. And so there's been a steady stream of Eivor Watani drifting back to the northwest and Hengist Watani going back to the south. But of course, as long as there is a camp in place, there's going to be things to do. And so there's a lot of activity on the grounds. But the airship has been brought back over and you have easy access to it. If you want to go ahead and load pork meat the second, you can. Okay, I'll do that. And any other supplies if you want to... I'm going to be getting some food stores. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you're taking care of that. So I just wanted to say that I was sitting with the Martianess, um, thinking this was in the evening at mm-hmm. time where we all gathered together. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was witness to this conversation okay. that they had sure. with her. And at some point, I want to speak to Tira because I notice Warmer Bash's reluctance to accept Peter's death. And I get up and follow after Wamberbash and Tira um, as Tira is behind Wamberbash. Mm-hmm. Um, I just gently uh, touch her shoulder and ask her, you know, Tira, is Wamberbash an idiot? <laughs> Slow? <No. Yeah>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he is. No, I, I actually strike that. Tira, I noticed Wamberbash doesn't want to accept Peter's death. And I know, I know it's hard. I've lost people in this battle as well. I wonder if it would be helpful to, for the three of us to visit where Peter is laying and see what happens. Maybe something will happen with the stone. Tira is surprised at the insight that she's speaking with here, being as they just met, like, last night and hardly talked, really. That's not a bad idea, actually, Farron. I'm worried about Bash, but you have to understand, he's... Bash is special. (laughs) Bless his heart. Bless his heart. (laughs) 
Bash sees things very simply. He's right. Peter did die not very long ago. And he did come back. And so that's the hope that he's clinging to. I think if we are able to get together with all of our stones, then maybe he will see that nothing's going to happen. It's worth trying. Let me know when you're ready. I will join you. I'll see if I can get bashed down from the ship. You finish with the provisions. Uh, it is now nighttime. Night is full on. The stars are out, sparkling in the night air. Tira and Farron approach you, Wamberbash. Bash, why don't you come with me? I want to go see if Peter's condition has changed yet. Yeah, let's go. You enter the tent. Radiance is not there. Another soldier is on guard. And he lets you know that she has gone to get some rest. Uh, She has been in a state of vigil for almost two full days. The tent is otherwise empty. Would you mind leaving us for a moment, please? He bows his head and steps out. All right. I'm going to kind of lead Bash over. We're going to, hopefully we're going to be kind of like surrounding Peter's torso and head. You know, one at his head and one on the other side up near where his hands are still over his chest. I'm going to say, Bash, why don't you get out your star stone and see if, um, if that helps. So I, I lay my hand on him because I'm wearing my star stone on my mm-hmm. bracer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to put take mine out uh, in my hand and lay it on top of uh, Bash's hand. Maintaining hand contact with mm-hmm. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're kind of sandwiched, I guess. So what is my stone doing right now? Yeah. So from the moment you wake up, it shakes free from your braids and then begins circling again. It's like it knows when you're awake. And so it begins to circle. So all, all day long, you've been getting weird looks from people you pass. Uh, as this stone revolves about your head. Wonderful. As we went into the tent, I did not approach as closely to Peter. Sure, that makes because sense. Because I wanted to be respectful and mm-hmm. I'm like the outsider here. You just sit down on him. So <laughs> <laughs> that's respectful. So I'm standing more at his feet. Farron, come come closer. Come on up here. We need your we need your stone. We need Peter's stone. Oh. Here. Okay. All right. So I, can I reach? Yeah, it's okay. easy enough to grab. It's okay. like, you. it's kind of like if but you- I didn't know if it was not going to let me. Like, I'd be like, come <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's kind of like if you close your eyes and touch your nose, you can do it without issue, right? Yeah. So yeah. that proprioception. Yeah. So it's the same thing with the stone. It's kind of like you know where it is it's at all part times. Of me. And you just reach up and grab it. <laughs> Stop poking your eye. <laughs> Uh, you reach up and grab it, and it takes a little tug, but yeah, you're able to hold it in your hand. Bring it down here and put it on our hands, too. Okay, so I do that. Your hands, the stones remain your color. Mm-hmm. The proximity gives you kind of that weird, almost like uh, the hair on your arm standing up feeling. But that's that's all. I'm going to look at Bash. If anything is going to happen, it will happen now, right? Bash, nothing's happening. Peter's not coming back, is he? No. But you know what? It seems to me like part of him is still here. Look at, 
Look at his stone. Through Farron's fingers, that turquoise glow shines. Do you see it? I do. And then Bash just... <laughs> just starts. He just starts bawling. Uh... I have to say, your guys' acting is really good. Like you made me tear up quite a few times tonight. <laughs> I think you need an award or something. Yeah, it's called experience points. <laughs> exactly, Norse battle, baby. Norse battle. Experience yeah. points. Oh my goodness. Oh, my I don't even remember where we left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. With that, then Tira is gonna. Drop her stone, not like on purpose, but just because she pulls her hand away. I'm going to throw my arms around Bash. Okay. There's suddenly... uh, (laughs) Little baby arms. (laughs) 125 pounds of dwarf. (laughs) Uh, And all of a sudden, Peter's body disappears and his clothes (laughs) sink slowly. Little sparkles. I'm not really gone. (laughs) Use the force. (laughs) Peter. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so um, he finally, yeah, Bash finally accepts it, I think, yeah. and uh, he's gonna let his emotions out now. Now, um, afterward, he's gonna, I think, slap Farron across the face. <laughs> I'm just joking. Actually, <laughs> as you and Tira are embracing, um, you come over and hug too. No, <laughs> I actually quietly leave the tent and wait outside okay. the tent. Okay. Nice, very nice. From outside, listening in, you can hear muffled voices and the occasional sob but after a bit it goes quiet and then tira and bash stoop their way through the entrance and stand there next to you it is cool outside it's getting late in the year and so the uh your breath is showing in the in the night air tira why are we doing this Because it's our destiny. The stag gave us a quest and a job to do. Can can you call the stag? I can try. Um, Let's go out into the open field. Farron, come on. And I was going to turn around with Bash and we're going to stride off. I walk quietly with him. Okay. I'm just going to go out. Where do you see this? <laughs> no, no. I Shit hope he comes, out. Yeah. So I'm just going to kind of stride off in the distance it seems will get us the quickest away from the encampment. Good. You know, going as perpendicular to the civilization as possible. You make your way out to a, a nice place. I don't really know how to get him to come. I... You're an iron stag. Just call his name. All right, so I'm going to take out my starstone again and just kind of hold it two-fisted and close to me, almost in a like a prayerful. I'm going to get down on my knees in the grass, maybe take a couple steps forward of separation from them, get down in the grass and just kind of close my eyes and be thinking in my mind. I'm not saying it out loud. Enderil, please come. We need you now more than ever. I was going to repeat that in my head over and over again. Not shaking like a crazy person, but just sort of gently back and forth as I recite that over my head. Eyes closed, 
the three of you are gathered here. Your shapes are dark in the silvery moonlight. There's no noise from Tira, but she is rocking gently back and forth. And after ten minutes, it seems like an eternity, out under the cold glint of the stars, it doesn't feel like it's all that long. There's a gentle sigh that passes over the rain-sodden fields, and the sound of distant chimes, and a voice, perhaps it's just a figment of your imagination, says, Farewell, Peter. And then the sounds of night fall back in around you. Did you hear that, Bash? I did. Farron, did you hear it? I did. But who was that? I'll tell you on the way. And I think we're just going to kind of turn around and head back to the camp. Great. The next day, the Marchioness gives orders for a hero's burial for Peter. And all day long, groups of soldiers are digging a deep pit. Uh, It is about 10 feet long and about six or seven feet wide, a huge rectangle going down. And from the earth they throw up, they arrange it around the outside in such a way that they will be able to fill it back in. At evening, an honor guard of Witani warriors has crafted a beer out of wood and cloth. And they gently lift Peter's body onto this stretcher. His katana is held in his hands, pointing down towards his feet. He looks stately. He has been cleaned up immaculately. And they conduct him out to where this place has been prepared for him. There's a wild cry as he approaches, and the Witani warriors begin beating on the edges of their shields with their weapons, giving him a warrior's departure. As he is lowered into the earth, voices rise in a song that only the Witani know. Farron, you are reminded of great deeds of the past of the heroes of the Witani, and now you hear Peter's name mentioned among them. He is placed into the earth, and it is heaped over him very quickly, forming a sizable mound on top, a mound that will be protected and guarded. And then before the ceremony is over, the Marchioness stands at the foot of the barrow and begins to intone a lament. This is the lament of Peter Greyhawk. I was a patient. A crippling disease meant that I could not walk. He brought healing salves and his fear-calming talk. His care brought me peace as he watched round the clock, and now I am whole thanks to Peter Greyhawk. I was a leper. I was barely alive and was covered with rot. My family, my love, was a dwindling thought. His cleansing light gave me the cure that I sought, restored me once more to the love of my heart. I was a sea captain. Out on the gray storm-tossed waves of the sea, some wild-hearted pirates would take all from me. But he gave up some boots as he prayed on one knee, then fought like a lion to keep us all free. I was a fighter. This man of Asham came from lands far away. He sailed with the stars to find someone to save. 
We weep, but the gift of the life that he gave has buried our fears in the deeps of his grave. He is Peter Greyhawk. In life, this man helped all the people he could. He sought to stop evil, through action bring good. Remember him now by the way he once stood, and resolve in your heart now to live as he would. And as her voice trails away, there's that yelling again, and the, the banging of swords on shield to send Peter to his ultimate home. After the ceremony, the Hengistwatani take the last of their items to their city of Stedingas. As part of the festivities afterward, because warriors' deaths are always celebrated with feast, but it's during the feast in the Golden Hall that the Marchioness, the lady of the Hengistwatani, proclaims Womberbash and Tira as Lord and Lady of the Plains, and into your keeping, and for your use as you see fit, she grants the steading of Garshithas. Oh, grief. <laughs> and you're, you're free to rename this as you like, but it is a collection of houses out in the plains, fairly close to the uh, borders of all three of the people, but still located in Hengist lands. And I will let you figure out what the steading looks like, um, how many people live there, what kinds of things you're going to have them do when you're not around, what your manner will look like, all that kind of stuff. You will have a place to come whenever you visit the Sea of Grass and the Watani people. That's dope. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I, I want you to make it your town, basically. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so the last thing I want to get in to this episode before we end it is what you want to do next. Where is your next goal? There hasn't been a formal invitation or a formal declaration from Farron that she will come with us. Right. Mm -hmm. So either we address that now or next time. Um, but I think from here we need to jump on the starship and head uh, starship airship <laughs> and um and head out to our direction we were going to try to go to the nearest yeah. pillar. Yeah. We need to pull out our papers. And remind ourselves, this is where we are, this is where we're heading, and we need to yeah. set sail and on our heading and get there. Yeah. Farron, a name has been tugging at your memory, and that name is Kizaro. To you, it is a, a name completely unfamiliar to you, but that was what Peter had said was your next location. And so you hear this now familiar voice whispering over and over. Kazaro. Kazaro is where the pillar is. So you, you can share that as you like or sit on it. <laughs> you board the airship. Tira and Bash, this is something that you're used to by now. Mm -hmm. You're used to getting on, but Farron. <laughs> Has she actually boarded it? You're standing on the ground. There is a wooden ship up in the air. And you are standing in its shadow, <laughs> looking up about 100 feet. I would say maybe Bash and I start to board the ship. Like, that's completely normal. As an actual, this was what we should do next. And Tira looks back to see Farron just, I guess, sort of standing there staring. Because it's like a, what was it, like a rope ladder? Or is it, has it landed? It's still 100 feet up. It's still up. 100 feet up. 
you know, we start to climb, I look back and see Farron, I guess, either just looking at the rope letter, like, what am I supposed to do with this? Or where are you guys going? Or whatever. Basically, I see the hesitation on her face. And so then I stop in my ascent to come back and stand at the base of stand at the base of the ladder to say, I think you ought to come with us. I look at her in hesitation, but as I'm hearing this voice in my mind saying Kazaro, I just know that's where I need to go. So I say, Kazaro? How do you know that name? I, I'm hearing it in my mind. That is where we need to go next. Uh, we were on our way there when we were sent here instead. Um, listen, I know that this is, th- these are your people and, and you're important here, but you heard the voice in the meadow of the stag. Bash and Peter and I were on a very important mission. And we're, we've barely even scratched the surface of all that we've been given to do. Much has been lost already. But there stands to be so much more to gain when we finish and we need to finish. And in order to finish, I think we need you. You have Peter's stone. You have your stone. I think you need to come with us. I do feel the urgency and the need to go. But I can't just leave like this. I have to set things in order. I, as you say, I do have a lot of responsibility. I have to go back and I have to explain. Listen, you're never going to be ready for this mission. We didn't get a chance to set our affairs in order when we left either. We just had to go. Tell the Marchioness you're leaving. She'll understand. She will set your affairs in order. But we need to go now. That is what I'll do. And that is where we're going to end this episode. Good job, everyone. I think that worked out really well. Before we get to Experience Point Awards, I did want to share that the lament, the original form of the lament was sent to me by longtime listener Ted. With a little back and forth between us, we came up with this text And he has been a a constant contributor of cartoons and stories and now this lament. And I just, as soon as I read it, I thought, this is amazing. That's perfect. That's awesome. How he he went through the story and various things. And he basically relived Peter's life through the people that he influenced. Mm -hmm. I love how, you know, like when he was working with the physic, he was dealing with a patient. He helped the lepers. He helped the sea captain, Mm -hmm. the, the fighters here at this battle. Yeah. Even worked in the Lost Boots. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We all love the Lost Boots. So thank you very <laughs> much, Ted. We appreciate your work and your interest in the show. And this was just, I thought it was a, a cherry on top. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you very much for the inspiration. You get inspiration. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's talk XP. Uh, let's each take two again. I think that's a good award for the role-playing and for... Let's make it three. Make it three. Yes. <laughs> and I do want to open it up for Norse Battle. <sighs> let's see here. This was another uh, talk-heavy and uh, you know, kind of just character-driven episode. I did like uh, Bash giving me the suggestion to try and find out what the stag wanted us to do, to try and contact the stag again. 
I never think of calling him myself, which is silly because it should that should be the first thing I'm thinking of being the iron stag. Well, you're very self-reliant too. That's very true. That's very true. So that was that was good and a good way to help start tying Farron in, have her come with us and and that she could hear him too. Yeah. Yeah. Take one. My struggle is not giving you like the internet at your fingertips <laughs> where you have a ready answer every time. True. I know true. it. But anyway, I, I hope that worked out. But goodbye, Peter, was hardly an answer. But it did help solidify, I think, a bond that was there that I think... Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Farron literally has no idea what's going on. Yeah. And so I, I think having the stag at least talk to her and she can hear him to say, like, you're one of them now. To be fair, I lost track of the question. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so that that was a that was a DM. Uh... I'm not sure that really was a question. It was just kind of like that was right, wasn't it? He was like, "Yes, <laughs> you are here." <laughs> I, th- I I think what was happening there because wasn't that that was after we tried the Starstone thing yeah. on Peter, it didn't work. Bash finally kind of was like, yeah, he's actually dead. Had a moment. And then, and then isn't that then when you were like, well, then, what are we supposed to do now? Th- then we walked out. I was like, what are we supposed to do at this point? Yeah. And and you were like, well, we were on our way to, and, and you were like, the stag told us. And I was like, call him. Call the stag. Yeah. But I think that, that that still worked out fine because it was all part of just really cementing, like, again, Peter is gone. And like you said, making it so that she can hear it. So it helps convince her that she's part of this, Mm -hmm. helps convince us that, you know, that stone is now hers. Okay. So I gave you one for Mm -hmm. recommending. What else? I think Bash needs some more. Okay. Because, yeah, for, for, that was so bad. So take another two. The the voice break there was, was good. You said take another 13. Is that what you said? (laughs) Would that level you up? Actually, um, I need 11 points, and I would, I would go to uh, level he made, 10. He made me tear up, so. Yeah. Maybe just one more. One it's more not point. that hard, one though. One more point, and then all I need is 10. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, any other XP to give out? All right. A lot jammed into this one, actually. Not a lot of adventure, but I think a lot of- Well, the adventure's coming, baby. We got yeah, a new person. A lot of figuring out- where things are and what to do next. A lot of having to tie up the loose ends. So good job. We will start with Farron approaching the Marchioness next time. And then the next leg of your grand adventure. So thank you very much, Stackers, for sticking with us. Again, if you want to contact us, we'd love to hear from you on Twitter and Instagram at stackodice or by email at stack.o.dice at gmail.com. If you haven't yet please do rate and review us on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you that way too. And every rating and review that we get helps to boost our signal to new listeners. So if you're enjoying the show, chances are someone else will too. Please do find us and let us know. There's a lot coming up and we are looking forward to having you at our table again next time at Stack of Dice. Who's ready to tell a story? Me. Me. I am. Okay, where did we leave off? Where did we leave off? <laughs> Five minutes ago. And we're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>